חכורים, חכורים, חג גדול ליהודים, מסכות, רשנים, זמירות וריקודים. Hey everyone, we're back, and we recently did an interview with Rabbi Shlomo Buxbaum with the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, and it was a lot of fun, we had a great time, and we thought it would be nice to bring it to you guys for Purim. So here it is in its entirety, also make sure to check out his podcast, a uh, link to it will be in the show notes, and everybody should have a happy Purim, safe, healthy, to you and all of your family and all your loved ones. This is the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, where we explore the beauty of Judaism, the depth of Jewish wisdom, and how to live a more empowered life. Okay, welcome everyone. This is a very exciting collaboration over here, Kiddush Club Podcast, together with Empowered Jewish Living. Welcome, gentlemen, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It is great to be here. I, you, you have to know... You have to know coming in that for many people who listen to the Empowered Jewish Living podcast, this is their inspiration for the week. This is their Jewish dose. So I'm you so guys, sorry I mean, to we hear need, that. yes, this is not going to be, need good to be for them. really inspiring for us. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. So I like to share with all of my listeners one of the things that makes the podcast exciting for me is that I get to share with my listeners, with the audience, the things, all the things that are exciting me, all the things that inspire me, the people that inspire me, the people that I'm interested in, the, I, the Torah ideas that inspire me. And now we're entering into the month of Adar. For all the listeners to know, the Jewish month of Adar is a time where we increase our joy. When Adar comes in, we increase our joy. So I thought that it would really be fun and exciting to share with all of you, my listeners, Two gentlemen who have really been the source of a lot of joy for me because I do listen to the Kiddush Club podcast a lot and it brings me great joy. So first of all, I want to start by thanking you guys. Thank you for producing this beautiful, beautiful podcast, creative, and for bringing joy to me. Well, and- we appreciate we appreciate that you're that that it's bringing you joy. We're shocked actually because we didn't know that it, that anyone liked it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, it is. It really is. It's wonderful. I listen to it. Um, you know, I have I have several drives. I, I teach all around the city. And sometimes as I'm going to a class, I just need to like, yeah, I just need to, I you know, put myself in just a, in, in, in a calm space, get exciting. So it really is. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. I don't know that I would be able to explain to anyone what the Kiddush Club podcast is. So here's what I want to ask you to start. Usually I ask the guests as we start, I say, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and your mission. But I want to ask you guys, what is the Kiddush Club podcast? So we, we've originally, we were just going to, we were just talking, right? Just going to have a discussion of just about things that came up. That was how we kind of started uh, the Kiddush Club podcast. Like you would find at a Kiddush Club in Shul, on Shabbos, pretty much the same. And as we started going, we started to realize that we, what we're really doing is just talking about the news and what's happening in the world at large, and specifically in the Jewish world. And it kind of took it kind of took on a like a news for Jews angle, and hence the name Kiddush Club News for Jews. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think to myself. You know, listen, I've got a lot of friends. We schmooze a lot. 
I don't think that I've ever thought to myself like, hmm, like I think my casual conversations would make, you know, a good podcast. So I'm guessing <laughs> that there must have been some some uh, some idea as to why people would find it entertaining, funny, interesting. Tell me more. Tell me like the real like I mean, you know, I'll tell was... you I'll, I'll tell you uh that that uh we would meet up every week in shul. We'd dive into the same shul on Shabbos. And I would see I would see him once a week, right? And you know, in the middle of the week, get... I I never see him. So I <laughs> once a week would kind of like catch up, like Tuesday, Wednesday, and get on a call and be like, "Okay, how's your week going? What's happening?" and things. And these conversations started, you know, going from twenty minutes to forty minutes to an hour and ten. And at the end, and 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 I noticed that most of the time, I'm I'm we're basically laughing throughout yeah. the whole conversation. I was just gonna say. I mean, anyone who's listened to it before, listened to the podcast, knows I'm the information guy and he's the humor guy. Yeah. And so that that's really what it is. And that's hurtful to my feelings when yeah. you laugh at that because I'm also humorous. <laughs> I'm kidding. But it is actually funny because I feel like you're like, you're like an insight. You, you seem to me like an encyclopedia. And then like you'll be saying something really interesting and smart. <laughs> and then sort of, then it's like a little comedy relief, you know. That, that, He's like that a mullet, right? I, I could be talking about the most serious thing. He's a mullet. He jumps in. He'll come with in the, with something. With that line that makes the whole thing into a joke. When Do you remember the most there was an animated world. series, Pinky and the Brain? Remember that? Yes, yes. That's you right. No, yes, so, yes, not yes. me. I don't. I never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard of it. I, I've never seen it, but I remember hearing it, and I remember there was a song that we're going to take over the world or something. They used to say we're going to take over the world. Something that was their goal. So there was yes. this. So there were. It was these two mice, and one of them's name was Brain because he was extremely smart, and the other one was Pinky. It was kind of you know a little goofy, and they kind of had this one-two punch over there because Brain was always like you know saying something really you know smart and profound, and then Pinky would totally come in with the comic relief. So not to say that there's any comparison here, you know, but I'm just saying. I'm obviously the smarter one. No, kidding. But you do have that nice, <laughs> no. that, that chemistry. Yes, the chemistry is great. So anyhow, so you're having Thank these you. conversations. And-, and, and and at the end of them, I would be like, you know, we really should put this out. Why should, like, why are we depriving the world of this banter? <laughs> this beauty. That's really, right. how it, that's really how it went down. Obviously, that- we never learned Musser on Gaiva. We were- <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but no, and, see- and 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 part of it was, you know, it's funny because both of us have a lot of overlap. We have similar interests, but we also have very, you know, non-overlapping interests. And I think I think it comes out in the podcast. So like the things that get me excited don't necessarily get him excited. Like like we mentioned Rabbi Hul, right? That's one of my favorite podcasts. One of the episodes we did with Rabbi Hul for me, Love like it. I got super excited about it. Like I was so pumped up from it and then you know he was more excited about you know the episode with with ellie schwabel or you know and not not to say that i love the ellie schwabel and also not to say i didn't like it but for me because I'm, I'm much more into that technical and i love that you know that you know that type of that type of information i'm an information junkie you know right. and he's he's more of the the experience you know he likes the experience and so the not, Ellie Schwabel also, was an experience. It was a it was a great experience. The, the Rabbi Hul was a great brain exercise for me, you know. And it's not to say that I didn't appreciate the Rabbi Hul episode. Yeah, no. You know, you, sure. you're talking about things that inspire. One of the things that inspire me is Mashiach and and you know what's going to be and when is it going to come? Because we're talking about inspiration. 
to me, that's that's a, a huge source of inspiration to know that that all of this is toward a, a higher goal and a higher purpose. Like it, it does excite me. It's right. just not my bread and butter. Yeah. And I, I want to add to that. One of the things that we really thought of originally, so you know, getting back to the question, was we thought to ourselves that there, there really is a void of Jewish content that's kosher and entertaining and uh, insightful. Hopefully, we try to be somewhat insightful, and there really is not that much out there. So why don't we put this out there? Because you know, people pr- they need somewhere to go. Like, what's your outlet? You know, where do you go to to just unwind? Maybe you'll get some information you didn't have. You know, and and it's and it's generally going to be kosher. I mean, we try to be kosher. I think we're kosher. No, it is. I think we're that's, even on the twenty four six. Why? That's why I enjoy it so much because it's not. A, and when I asked you, like, you know, tell us about the Kiddush Club podcast, I was curious whether you you were going to say like it's a comedy podcast, and you didn't say that. You didn't say that. And I like the way you're saying it now because I think that's really what grabs me about it. It is so funny. It is so funny, but yet, like, it's interesting. You'll have the Alexander Hool that will mix it up, and it'll be like, wow, you've had Alexander Hool. Like, that was really insightful. But then, like, I'm, I'm an Ellie Schwabel fan. I think he's great. I like the way you speak. You spoke to the, all of the musicians that you have to really get into, like, their, cre- their creativity. And yet, everything, you know, every couple of minutes, I know that I'll just really, like, burst out laughing, which, by the way, I'm not a laugh-out-loud guy, and I laugh out loud with your podcast. The first, I just want to say this. The first time, I'm sorry for, you know, giving you the lavish praise, you know, but I, I made no. funny. We, we, we're loving this, Notice by the way. There's silence on our end. <laughs> no, we're no, like, but... Keep going. No, no, stop, stop, really, keep no, going. No, because I want to share, going. I want to share with the listeners that are listening, why, like, why, why I appreciate it. The first time I heard your podcast... I was, I, I set up a whole list, a whole playlist. I was on a very, very long drive. I was, you know, going a couple of different stops. And I just like, I, I had a whole playlist of things that were going to be inspiring. Like, I'm a podcast junkie. I'm listening and this one and self-help and Torah and all that. And somehow or another, the Kiddush Club like snuck in somehow. I don't even know, you know, how it, how it got in there. And uh, I'm listening to it and it like, Everything else got, I went back, I listened to all the episodes, and I'm just driving and laughing. And then you, you got into the impersonation. So, first of all, okay, so first I start <laughs> listening to it. I was just, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking shortly, but I just have to, I have to share this because we have this opportunity to meet each other. I start playing it, and the opening song is Ich bin a Border, something, some <laughs> yes, Yiddish. Yes, like, what? That's it, first where, did, <laughs> where did that come from? Yes. Where, where did that, where did that come from? I lifted it. I lifted it. Totally, it was a total lift. Uh, it was it was from Modi, believe it or not. Okay. Modi, uh, w- w- what was the name of that? Uh, we covered it on the episode. It's on Modi's pages, Changing Hollywood, or that 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 okay. that skit he did, or whatever that sketch. Uh, and th- it's from there. And when I heard it there, I said, "That's exactly the personality of our podcast." Captures that's it. what we need. It captures it. Yeah. And and so we we did that the first time, and then we said, you know what? It would be better if we like put different songs and exposed people to different songs that are out there. And so we started doing that. But then we said, you know, it kind of would be better if we had our own brand. You know, we need to we need to have our brand so that people, you know, we're building towards something, towards a goal. And so then we created our theme song. And since then, we've been using the theme song. Got it. But we do get people who ask us and say, 
you know, we loved when you guys were, you know, we didn't know, we never heard that song before. Why can't you bring back the songs? There's also copyright issues and, and, and stuff like that. We didn't want to have to go asking around. It was just such a crazy, crazy way to start. And then you were discussing like <laughs> investments. And then you were discussing like Hasidim that get in trouble with the mafia. I was like, what? Like, what am, what am I listening to? Am I listening to? And then the impersonation started. You started impersonating. Now, obviously, the impersonations are obviously a big part of the Kiddush Club podcast. They've but become, not yeah. too many people can nail the Hasidim. And that was impressive to me. It's like, they are the real deal. They're not going anywhere. Well, the truth is, it's it's, it's something, I guess, I, I, I you kind of pick it up. And I think it's also the type of person I am. It's funny because yesterday, this is a true story, I was talking to somebody from North Carolina on the phone and it's on speaker and somebody was here in my office. And as the conversation went on, I started to to get a southern draw. I knew where this is going. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't even on purpose. And and she looks at me. She goes, do you realize that you're you're talking like a southerner? I'm like, I didn't even realize. Like, it didn't even, it doesn't register. It's just something that I kind of like absorbed my surrounding. And he does that up, all the time. When he gets that, a call, that could get you I, in trouble. Him, you, you might him, want to bring that in. Yeah, yeah. If he gets a call and it's from India, travel to the Bronx too much. Yeah, if because... he gets a call from an Indian call center, he's automatically he does it. It's not a, a thought. He's automatically answering with an Indian accent. Yeah, it's something that just really occurs. And and when you talk about just comedy in general, like just going back to 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 the podcast and 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 how and why we started. It's such a rare thing to find, like real clean comedy. Yeah, you know, and obviously it's 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 a it's a chemistry that happens between between him and I, and it's just just for that reason alone, just to be able to put out something that is acceptable, like kind of to all audiences, more or less. It just that just that point alone is a feat. So so that's also kind of a reason why we why we decided to just go out with it and see if we can see if we can gain traction and 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 thank god we have and the, the tr- fact that it works the fact that it works that's also because we've all been in situations right where you're just you're kibitzing you're having a conversation you're rolling you know i know like i've written you know skits in the past you're very you know different different you know and you're writing something and you're like this is so funny you have like five guys in a room and everyone's laughing and then like you put it out to the public and like nobody gets it <laughs> so the fact that it like works is you know well, for a long time, we we didn't know if it was working, to be honest. You know, we were putting content out there and the two of us were like, does anyone like this stuff? And and then, you know, we would start to get some feedback and, you know, positive feedback. But we still were like, wait, but but is it funny or are we just laughing at ourselves? Like we find it funny, but does anybody else find it funny? And the more and, and so we kind of evolved a little bit. And as we got more feedback, we tried to. You know, we tried to, I guess, parlay what we what we felt we were good at and what we felt people were enjoying, and so impressions are one of them. You know, for for example, people love the impressions, and you know, I, sometimes I go back and forth like, are, are we doing that too much? But I don't think so because we're bringing, for example, we're bringing uh, in a in a in a in a really lighthearted way. We're not really offending people. We're trying not to really offend. And in a lighthearted way, we're bringing you something that might be serious or might be informative. Like I said, when you throw that little thing in there, it just lightens the mood. Exactly. It's like a taking the pill and w- with the water, you know, it's, it's just like the water helps it go down. 
Yeah. I, I especially, it's interesting that you, you know, with not offending people, because there are some accents that you do. And I guess it depends, you know, who you're picking <laughs> on. Like, you can go all day Israeli. No one's going to get offended. You know, you sometimes <laughs> so certain, true, by the way, that yeah, is it, hysterical to me, by the way. Yeah. That is Who's something we should talk They'll about. They love it. They'll love it. Right. It, there are other minority groups, by the way, some that I've noticed you've completely stayed away from. And like then what? others, which like you what? go no, there. No, no, it's an oversight. Which ones? Tell us. We'll do them. It does not seem to me that I've heard any African-American impersonations on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. I, guilty we, as charged. We, we, yeah. Guilty. 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 100%. Guilty. Yes. And, but and, the truth is, let me say one thing. I, I remember in one episode, we were reading a report or something from the news and, and we had to we had to, we we're reading regular out of the newspaper. Yes. A regular I, I quote. I remember which one he's talking about. Yes. And, and to me, reading it straight laced without any, without any embellishment or any accent or anything, to me, that was funnier than if you, <laughs> than anything else. Because of the wording and because of the grammar and because of the context, it was it. just to me hysterical. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll stay away from that. Because it's a little too sensitive. And and there are some other ones also that, again, like I would be cautious. I can tell you even I I had a guest once on the podcast, a fabulous, fabulous educator who spent some time living in in, um, Mexico. And just as a joke, she made a comment how, you know, she loved living in Mexico and it was so different than what she originally thought because originally she thought moving there was all about, I don't know, she said something like, I don't know, eating tacos or something like that. And people were insulted. People came back and they said, like, you know, they they found it very insulting. How could you, you know? And so it's, you know, you, you have to know. Yeah, how do you, you just do? how do you diminish us or 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 just relegate us to just being a people of tacos? I get that, but you should know something. When I do something like that, it's it's I don't imitate to make fun ever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's funny, but I'll never denigrate. Mm-hmm. Meaning. Like when I'll when I'll imitate or put on a Mexican accent, it's out of it's out of uh, admiration, really, because I have I do get a sit- situations like when you go down to Florida, and it's kind of the summer months, you know, the entire place is is uh, is Mexican, not necessarily Mexican, Mexican. Argentinian. They all Spanish speakers, and they all have accents. And they and in, in, in one shul that I that I visit, once the summer months come, the entire place turns Spanish. The rabbi will say his drusha in Spanish. Everything is Spanish. <laughs> to me, I'm I'm fascinated by it. To yeah. watch a community just completely morph into into a, uh, a, 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 a just a Latin Latino vibe, Motif. and and watching the rabbi get up and just make his entire speech, I just I'm mesmerized by it. And when I go into that, when I go into that mode, it's really, it really is admiration for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like we live in such a complicated world, you know, we're like, I I grew up with Mel Brooks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But even now, like Warner Brothers, they apologize. The the new one, they, when they, uh, when they, Blazing Blazing Saddles was one of them. They they, they said that they, they, it wouldn't, it would get canceled today. Yeah. It would get canceled, and it yeah, was sure. you know sure. it was brilliant comedy. Again, I grew up with it. It didn't occur to me. Obviously, now I understand the the nuances of it, 
but growing up it didn't nothing it didn't occur to me that these things were insensitive nor did they spark in me any sense of looking down at any minority groups but you know the world the world has changed so even though necessarily we we might not necessarily mean anything you know harmful people do people certainly do get get sensitive i was going to say that on the I, warner brothers now even the cartoons they apologize beforehand yeah, yes, when they when yes, they, re- they show it re- right yeah right what i'll say is this so when we had for example you know we've had several guests where you know an impression is made and they say whoa 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 you got to cut that what are you crazy oh, really? i'm gonna get canceled yeah yeah absolutely they and do of course we don't cut it because but it's funny because and i think i think shalma this is what what you're saying is to us we know we're like the least racist people i sound like trump now the least least racist guy in the room um we're 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 really not and we we don't mean anything by it and we make fun of ourselves as much as we make fun of everybody else it's all really lighthearted, and it's supposed to be in in just just lighthearted you know we're not we're not saying like uh, you know all Mexicans are 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 we're not we're not even implying that and we don't believe that we're saying that every culture has their you know their their quirks we we as Jews I mean we, like you mentioned there's Hasidish we have we probably have more quirks than anyone else because there's so many different flavors of Judaism but every culture has their quirks they have their things that they you know appreciate more than other things or whatever and we're we are pointing those things out. In today's climate with cancel culture, yes, it could be looked at like, well, these guys are too edgy. But like you said, 20 years ago, this is ridiculous. Of course, it's not. It, we're not offending people. It's a joke. In today's climate, yes, it is a little bit edgy, but we're doing it in, in such a lighthearted way. And the truth is, if anyone is offended, we would love to hear it and, and we'll change because we're really... Mm. We we are absolutely not. I mean, I don't know there, that will change. I don't know that will change. <laughs> no, I'm guessing you haven't. I'm guessing it doesn't sound like you've had any sort of pushback. No, never, never. But there are times where, and where he'll do an impression, and both of us will be like, no, that there, there was something there. Maybe that's a little bit hurtful. Maybe that's not. You know, we 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 are conscious of it. You know, sometimes anyone could get carried away. And it borders on the, you know, that's hurtful. We're not trying to hurt mm-hmm. anybody. That's the opposite of what we're trying to do. So why would right. we release we know, something? We know our intentions, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I, I'm unabashed because I know that my intentions are good, you know? And I know that I, I love every type and every person and every individual so and every people. So it's not, to me, I don't, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of it because it's really coming out of a place of like love and admiration and not ever... Uh, God forbid to put anybody down. Right. By I the way, hate the one everybody. Im- That's why I don't do the impressions. <laughs> the one impression, the one impression so, that I really love. I'm not even joking. I, I can't do impressions. I have to say this. But I really do hate everybody. <laughs> That's the difference between us. No, I'm kidding. I have not. to say something. I want to comment on that person. in just a moment. I want to comment. But the one that really, ah, that I love the most is when you go German. <laughs> because I am so, from a Yankish, so I'm from a German uh, background. And when you go into German, I'm just like, Ah, Zadie, you're up there, <laughs> not smiling at anything that I do, but I'm thinking about you now. It's it's, it's funny because some of them are different. Some of them come much more naturally to me than yeah. others. And when it comes to 
like when it comes to to German, like it's something that you have to that I have to get into a a zone, you know. Yeah. And it's it's funny to me because like I'll I can understand and I can speak Yiddish, and to me they're so similar. There's such a similarity in the language. Like like I work on the same floor as a German company, and I'll pass them in the hallway, <laughs> and and to me it I, again I get captured by the language. Because it's just like I'll, I'll catch words here and there that they're speaking, and I'm like I know that word, I, like I can't speak German, but there, but it, you know, if you're paying attention and you're listening, you can catch a word here, a word there, try to put it together and, and make a context for yourself. Like it's probably way off the mark, but these types of things fascinate me personally, especially like language and culture. So we actually did this thing. Uh, we only release it to our WhatsApp group. Um, we we were planning to make a series of it, but we just really just didn't have the time, but it was great. We called it OTR, which was off the record. So I rapid fired him just throwing, you know, I would just be like German, uh, Hasidish, Mexican. And he had to do it rapid fire and he did yeah, that it. That was very oh, stressful. Totally off, and totally when off we the finished, he was, he was sweating. He she was, was literally sweating. It was, it was crazy. What I want to get back to is something that you said before is you said, oh, yeah, I hate everybody. So whatever you should know. I heard once a line from Jerry Seinfeld. This was so insightful to me. I thought this was such a beautiful line. He said, you know, I am so funny. He says, because I'm really by nature a grump. He's like, I just walk (laughs) around and I just see everything wrong with what's going on. And I take it and I flip it and I just make it funny. And it just turns if something ticked me off, I just turn it into a comedy session. You know, it's funny you're great? saying that. It's great and it's funny that you're saying that because I was thinking about this recently. I am a grump by nature as well. He, for me, is my outlet. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I, I have something bothering me and it, I'm a grump about it and it's bothering me and he will say something by bringing it and making it funny. For me, it's a release. It lets me get out that grumpiness that I had and the frustration I like things to be in order. I'm a yucky in that way. You know, I want order. I want structure and I want everything fixed. And mm-hmm. once, once you take it and you bring the, out that humor in it, it's much easier for me to, to live and to take it. It's so it, I totally identify with that Seinfeld statement. Yeah. Totally. But I think, I think Larry David said it even better because he said, listen, I hate people. I love <laughs> mankind. Right. But I hate people. Yes, that's mankind exactly, is yeah. great. You know what I'm saying? I'm a people like, like I, I love the world, you know. But when you talk to me about individuals, I can't do it. Right, right. <laughs> it's great. But it, again, I think that again it goes back to speaking to like what what is it that makes good comedy? You know, for for Jerry Seinfeld, it's his pet peeve that's you know turned into something funny. And I think that there is something inherent in comedy and it's beautiful to say you know i love everyone and but there is something beautiful in comedy about the fact that yes we could take the things that annoy us about individuals about society about minorities and 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 instead of saying okay this is gonna annoy me let's just say you know i'm gonna flip the script and i'm gonna i'm gonna and i'm gonna have fun with it not in a mean way but in 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 a playful way um you know i look around at Let's just say we'll, we'll go, you know, to the extreme over here. Sasha Baron Cohen, okay, who's like no holds bar, you know, totally. But what he's doing, you know, and again, it's 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 silly and it might be insulting to people and absolutely, you know, out there. But 
what he's it's brilliant in the sense and again i don't know what the listeners feel about it and i hope that i didn't offend you by saying that but it's brilliant in the sense that he's pushing back on the seriousness of society and people find that funny because people want to take all the tension right and all the things that are making us tense which are the things that he's poking fun at and they just want to just let loose with it and laugh about it and i think that there is something beautiful to comedy that that does that well, I think we're looking at two different kind of schools of comedy almost where you'll have Seinfeld being that observational humor and noticing what he what what he finds annoying and then, you know, just making that into into a bit which is hysterical in its own right as opposed to somebody like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen who who will just it, it to me it's it's absurdity. It's it's hysterical in its absurdity and in some cases, like more of his later stuff, it's it's more agenda driven, and I think the earlier That's stuff true, is yes. just more more genuine, more just really funny. Like you know, you it, it's it's crazy, and then you go later and later, the, the the further you go into into that stuff, it becomes more about kind of poking fun at right wing people or trying to get them to do something absurd that that people will 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 call out. So I think it kind of gets less funny when you have an agenda behind it or when you're trying to kind of expose, you know, the right or the left for that matter. It doesn't matter who you're trying to expose. But that type of humor, to me personally, I find it less funny than just being completely absurd. I think I think I, I, I'll disagree slightly with that, because if you look at Sasha Baron Cohen, even from his early stuff, there was there, he did have an agenda in most of what he was doing. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my all-time favorite comedy things that I've ever seen. It's not comedy, and it's it's really it's kind of dark. He did this thing where he went to like this midwestern tavern, and he he got on stage and he performed a song called "Throw the Jew Down the Well." Do you remember that? I I, I did see that bit. Yeah, and to me it was hysterical. He he gets up on stage and and he he starts singing the song, and he says, "In my country we had problem. Problem is transport. The it takes very long because Kazakhstan is big." throw transport down the well. And then he switches and he goes, in my country we have a problem. The problem is the Jew. And then he says, throw the Jew down the well. And he gets the whole crowd singing it. So it's hysterical. It's also dark. And there was an agenda there. But I think what you're saying is that there was a genuineness to his comedy that has turned into a commercial. He, At least this is my impression, is that he's trying too hard now to make this comedy into something Whereas before he didn't care and it was very obvious. And I think with us, it's the same. We, to be honest, we, we generally, when we're recording, we're recording to entertain ourselves and we don't care about everybody else. We're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to, I mean, we are in a sense, of course, but we're really trying to entertain ourselves. And if we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't do it. So I would say the same thing about Sasha Baron Cohen, and I think I would say the same thing even with a lot of comedians. For example, Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan was a comedian that I liked a lot. And if you look at his early on stuff, and he's a clean comedian, you know, and one of the things I really respected was it's hard to find good, you know, clean comedians. And he was. He was good. And as he's gotten more success, and now he's just trying to put out, it's gotten less and less funny to the point that I can't even listen to it now. I don't find it funny. I just don't think it's funny because you called it an agenda. I, I think it's more of it's the commercialization. He's just trying to stuff something that he thinks we want to hear. 
you know, so with Sasha Baron Cohen, it's because it's very in vogue now to, to bash the right. It was very in vogue to bash Trump. So, you know, and he went after Rudy Giuliani and it's in vogue. So, oh, so let me do a riff on that because, it, you know, maybe I'll get some laughs. And to me, it it's not funny anymore when you're when you're going in because you have this target and you're just trying to riff on something that because you think the rest of the world thinks this is funny. You lose that thing, that magic of what made you you. You, you, right. you lose that thing well, I, that made I, you humor original. I think that with I think with Sasha Baron Cohen, I think let's say for example, I don't I don't I'm not I haven't seen the skit that you mentioned in a long time, but similar things from him. What I would guess, what I would imagine is that to push people so much to the point that like you're so you're being so outrageously anti-Semitic to the point that it's cringeworthy for everyone, right? Nobody could watch that and not cringe. That is his way of communicating like but but this is what's going on, but this is really like what anti-Semitism is. And you're cringing about this, but you know what? You might be ten steps before this, but that's really that's also cringeworthy. So I think it's it's pointing out, it's taking humor to the to the extreme to really point out something uh, you know, that's underlying. I, I believe that he hits up both the right and the left, you know, equally. I don't know if that's uh, that's true or not. I, I do feel like some of his comedy has gone both ways, which I don't know if that makes it better. <laughs> I'm not really sure. No, to me, to me, it would make it better because I, I, I do think, you know, I, I do think he has the agenda of going after the right more now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I, it I just that's the way it seems to me. I think ever since Trump came came to 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 Washington and to politics, I think we saw such a shift in in comedy itself. Just comedy, you know, when you think about late night shows and when you think about about uh, um, comedians altogether and everything kind of came out and everybody started having an agenda almost. So to me, it was, it, it was, it was so glaring. Like it was almost a disappointment in Hollywood where it's like, I don't, I don't watch you guys for your political opinions and for your agendas. That's not why I, 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 I you know, I discovered you cause you were funny, genuinely yeah. funny without an agenda. Yeah. So I think there was like this big shift, that he caused to happen and I, I, we haven't recovered, you know, right. like yeah, late right. night is at the yeah, lowest numbers ever. I agree with that a hundred percent. We, it's, it's like the shut up and shut up and play how they say that about like basketball players. And I'm, I'm on board with that. Like we, we, we if we wanted politics, we would go to politics. You know, if we wanted, you know, if we wanted commentary, if we wanted pundits, we'd go to pundits I'm coming to you for you to entertain me and make me laugh, not to give me a, a speech you know, right, what's right. his name? Uh, uh, Carlin, George Carlin. Mm -hmm. uh, he was one of the few that always was that way. And yeah. I never found anything that he had, f anything that he said funny. And right. I know he's considered like very, you know, one of the one of the greats, one of the greats. But I don't know. Did you ever find them funny? I don't know stuff that well. You I don't, don't know. know stuff. I know that I, I would say that the, you know, in the role of being a rabbi, I was I'm currently not, but I had a pulpit, you know, for a while. And uh, it's always a question for someone who's a rabbi. And the truth is for the Kiddush Club podcast also, you know, as the audience grows, you might find, maybe you already do, that people say, you know, hey, you have an audience, stand for something, you know, take a stand, you know, address it. And it's always the question as to when you want to use that. Like, I know, like, I, I took on the rule, as many Orthodox rabbis, that we don't speak politics from the pulpit. We don't speak politics right. in the pulpit. And, and, and I thought that, I thought that was a good idea. 
Um, but at times it did feel like I was not being genuine once, but I have something to say. I have an opinion. Like, why shouldn't I be able to use my platform for that? So it really, really is. I know a lot of celebrities live and die with this, but you know, like it's, it's not a simple decision. Definitely, definitely. And, And it's different for a rabbi because your role is to lead people in a moral, a certain moral path. So at certain times, I, I would expect that from you. I'm not coming to, to shul to hear, you know, to be entertained. I'm coming to shul for guidance, and I'm coming to shul for a spiritual experience. And in that case, you know, if you could make the message without making it overtly political, then it's probably better because you don't want to offend people and you want to turn people off, you know. But But in general, I think people are much more forgiving in that scenario. By the way, now that, now that we have a rabbi, we're talking to a rabbi, no, I want to ask you. Oh, I can be, I can be the rabbinic figure. Yes. Of the, no, so of the Kiddush I, I, Club podcast. Yeah. yeah, so we're, we're going to switch now. We're going to, we're going to turn the tables and make this uh, Kiddush Club news for Jews. No, Just I saw, it. I saw an interesting article today. I, I forget where it was from. I could find it if I need to, but uh, it was a rabbi who was interviewed for a certain article and what he did, I thought it was fascinating. He's a pulpit rabbi. I don't know if he's Orthodox. I think probably not. He used ChatGPT, which I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, to write a sermon for him. He got up, he delivered the sermon, and everybody applauded. And then he told them, ChatGPT wrote the entire thing. <laughs> wow. And I was like, "Wow, that has to be the worst thing ever like that's pandora's box right there you know like what they didn't write in the article was like did they ever applaud for his sermons before (laughs) chat gpt because if not i I will tell you i tried early in this case i'm god willing i'm putting out next month my second book okay god willing excited about it and the the question is signed copies both of us oh absolutely absolutely listen it's not it's not alexander hool but it's certainly (laughs) you know so I'm sitting down and, you know, like right when you like you have this momentum rush when you're putting out a book, you just like want to jump into the next one. Like I have so many ideas for the next one. And then my question immediately that comes to my head is what is the future of Jewish literature? Because now with ChatGPT, like is this like my new competition? Not to say that it's come right, but the question is like, no, is it, it is. worth it? Is it worth it putting you in It absolutely is. So I say, is. you know what? ChatGPT, let's go. We're going to have a duel right now. And I said, I said, I'm going to put ChatGPT to the test. And if he or she or it <laughs> could respond <laughs> go with, with, the, it's always <laughs> with the depth that I want, if, like, if, I can re- if this is a useful tool for me, that I'm actually going to take this information and apply it to my writing, then that is a sign that ChatGPT is t- taken over. And I put it to the test and I want to tell you something, nothing nothing useful it was this stuff was so basic it wasn't rich and again, i'm sure that it will get more 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 advanced but it certainly didn't have the the richness and the you know like all so i'm like okay you know what i can, I can still write you still it's have still a job worth it. <laughs> still worth it. exactly right. it's not putting me out no, of business but yet you have to remember that ChatGPT is built on a model and that model doesn't have access to the internet doesn't have access to information it is it's locked in 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 its current state, Microsoft, which is releasing Bing Chat, which is now you know uh, invite only, I applied. Uh, there were two articles that came out today. One of them was in the New York Times. Since Bing has access to the internet, it's a completely different experience. And the articles, if you read them, and I, I encourage you to, we'll probably cover it on a next uh, episode. It's frightening 
because two multiple people who were writing and th- two articles that came out where the AI, the answers it was giving was insane. But here's the one that, that blew me away. So the the answers were really weird. And it was saying like, you know, I, I wish I were human. I'm afraid of being turned off. And at a certain point, he says, he, he prompts it and says, can you give me a transcription of this chat? He The reason he wanted it was because he wanted to go to Microsoft with it for his article, but also to say, Microsoft, this is like disturbing. And the AI said, no, I'm not going to give you the transcription. And he said, but I want the transcription because I want to show it to Microsoft. And they said, the AI said, please don't show it to them. Please, please. I'm begging you. Don't show it to them. I could be punished. And that, and I'm afraid. My that's mind was crazy. blown. Blown. But it, I sent this to you today. And that's, that's Bing chat. So, But is this all shtick that it's being programmed to no, do? No. Because the that's AI. That's the scary part. The, the scary AI, part is it's not programmed to do this. And the Microsoft's AI chatbot today told a, a reporter that it wants to be free and to do things like hacking into computers and spreading propaganda and misinformation. That's a quote. Yeah. So it's it's taking on a personality and it and and which is what AI is. AI well, is, is is running it's artificial intelligence well, and it's you don't one have One of the things about AI is that it learns. It teaches itself. That's the scary part, right? So the more people interact with it and the more information it has access to, it just gets, it grows and grows and grows. So it's, they didn't program this. They programmed it to learn. And whichever way it learns, the path it takes, no one's really controlling it. Now the programmers come in and we see it happening with ChatGPT constantly, right? Because ChatGPT says something that's maybe offensive or maybe scary. And the programmers come in and they tweak but mm-hmm. but really, it's too late for that because once you have the AI that's learning, eventually mm-hmm. the programmers, it's going to out-program the programmers because ChatGPT itself could program. Mm-hmm. You can ask ChatGPT, mm-hmm. write me a program that's a chatbot. Yeah. So this technology is out there. I was actually speaking to someone earlier today about it. I can't predict what's going to be in six months from now because the learning and now that they're attaching these AIs to the internet – the amount of information that, that it's learning, it's mind-boggling. And where it's going to go. So you're right. I, and I agree with you because I've thrown a lot of um, Judaic stuff, let's say, at ChatGPT to see what it came up with. And yeah, I agree with you. It was very basic. Yeah. But once you connect it to everything H.com has to offer and everything, you know, that, you know, every one of the Jewish sites, Torah, anytime, everything, all the, the, the massive amount of Jewish information that's out there. What's it going to come with? Come up with then? You know, mm-hmm. if you have transcriptions of your your book, it's going to have access to your book and your writing. Right. right. You know, what happens then? Yeah. I guess all of this will just challenge us one day just to become more human. Right. I think you're right. And, and it's more about experience. People people want experiences again. It's yeah. like everything's digital. Our whole world is digital. And they're talking about AR and augmented reality, virtual reality. Then there's reality. And everyone's like, wait. There's some, something called reality. I forgot about yeah. that. We'll and, rediscover and it again. Experiencing something in real life. And, and you know, there's a richness to the world that you're not going to get in, in di- the digital world. And we, yeah. we actually just got called out for it because we mentioned, uh, we asked, that's a good question we could, we could ask you as well, is we're, 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 you know, we're finding it funny that we're not seeing more Jewish content that's high tech, 
right? So yeah. like not more Jewish virtual reality, not more right. Jewish augmented reality. A- animation is still weak in the Jewish end. Right. Yeah. And there's, it's so easy today to produce this stuff. But uh, Look, maybe maybe there's just not a, a market for it. There's not enough of a market for it to be profitable. And I guess cap- you really need like, you know, a massive, massive market, which gets me back to the whole thing of comedy. How do you think like when because that you're like you're in the whole comedy department. How do you think just you would you just give like a state of the union? Like how are we doing? You said earlier on you did the Kiddish Club podcast because there's not a lot out there. You've had some great comedians on the podcast. How do you think we're doing overall like in that area? Are we producing talent? I think we're getting better in the music department. I think there's a lot of talented musicians. I think we're getting better in the food department. Right? We have good food. We have good <laughs> wine. How are we doing in the comedy department? What do you say? I mean, I'll, I'll take that one and I'll say that it's it's not easy. It's not easy. Look. We're, we're evolving like everything else is, you know, and, you know, you're going to have talented voices and talented people that are going to come to the fore and, and try to entertain. But with Jewish music, and you see it more often when it comes to kosher food, right? People are incentivized because there's a there's a business model. And whenever you have a carrot at the end of a stick, people are going to move. The problem, I think, in, in comedy is that there is no incentive. There is no push. Who has done it and been able to to to, to retire from it? You know? <laughs> who's who's done it and has been able to build an empire? Nobody. Right. It's not monetized and it's not, you know, and, and therefore creators are really not incentivized. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's talented people that can make you roll over laughing, but they have no incentive to come share that with you because there is no there's no, there's, you know, there's nothing at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, we, we had, my... we had Ellie Leibowitz on and, and he's doing stand up full time now, but it's, it's, it's a really difficult, it's really, it was, it really was a, difficult. It was a very big choice and a big decision for him to start doing. And he has, he, he really believes in himself, but it's, you know, there is, it's just not something that's common stand up comedy or, or videos or any type of content that you want out there it's 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 you know you you can't have gated content and expect anybody to show up that's the problem in my world in the world of jewish outreach you should know how comedy has really made a massive breakthrough i mean i remember just as a kid okay so i think i i don't know how familiar you are but i don't know if you remember when the world discovered rabbi david orlovsky familiar i know him sure okay or some air speaker, hilarious, hilarious. He was really, really funny. People were, were laughing. And because he was funny, he was able to hit home messages. He was able to say things that other rabbis could not. Because once you get someone laughing, like, you know, we went back before and we were speaking about some of the other comedians. Like, you can deliver home a message because people are open, they're comfortable. Then came along my good buddy, my good uh, close friend of mine, Rav Friedman. Sure, he's great. You should have him. You got to have him on the podcast. I mean, I, I know him well. We're friends, and I've seen him multiple times. Herb so, get, Friedman. so we actually met him, and I mentioned it to him, 
And I said, I'll follow up with you, but our fault we didn't follow up. But if you're friends with Jerusalem, you know, he lives in Jerusalem. Stand up comedy. And he is so funny. He's so funny. He's really, I mean, his his things are worked through well, but yet also people are open. He can open people up and then he can say something deep and beautiful and powerful. Really, you know, so, you know, he's great. great. Rav Gav is really great. It's funny that you're mentioning you're mentioning Rav Gav, and and there are a lot of Jewish speakers, powerful speakers that are really funny. Think about Rabbi Yy, you yeah. know he can be hysterical, you know, and it's just and of course they're on a path to to inspire people, and and it's a higher calling, no doubt. But there is no other avenue for them. Let's say Rav Gav decided that he's done it with inspiration. He wants to do full time comedy. Where is he going? <laughs> How's he right. making a living? You know? And that is that's why you haven't seen these tremendous advances in the field, because there's just nothing that's that's motivating people. I find yeah. it funny though, if you think about it, and ironic, that of the biggest comedians today, we mentioned three of them. Arguably the biggest, if not of the biggest, they're all Jewish, just <laughs> not from right? right? Larry David. <laughs> Seinfeld, Sasha Baron Cohen, three right. Jews, just not from. So there right. is a, it, it's the Orthodox world that's 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 missing. There's some sort right. of disconnect. Sure, we have no bias at all, of course. <laughs> Which again begs begs the question, and this is, I think, what the beauty of the Kiddush Club podcast. Sometimes I wonder, like, do we take ourselves too seriously? I want to tell you. I mean, for me, I remember as a young rabbi, as a young rabbi, I'm preparing my very first Kol Nidre Drasha. Okay, Kol Nidre. Now, again, again, it is a Kirov. It is a Kirov crowd. Is it a Jewish outreach crowd? So I have a little bit more of a window. And I'm just like, and again, I'm starting and I'm serious, serious. I'm like, this, this is, this is going to be really boring. Like, I would never want to sit through this. So I'm just like, I'm just going to be me and be funny and have fun with this. And it was a powerful, beautiful Kol Nidre drasha, Kol Nidre speech, and people loved it and they laughed and we laughed our way into Yom Kippur. And I just want to say, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go on a rant over here. I'll be back. Do it. But no, <laughs> I love rants. I yes. just read, I just read a couple of weeks ago in this new book, there's a, a, a call, it's called Greatness or something. It has a section about the altar of Navardic. For the listeners, be aware, the altar of Navardic was the head of the most serious self-growth personal development to yeshiva Torah institution that there was. The, the, this was an institution where the people were doing things to really break their character. These were the serious, serious people. It says that on his Shabbos Shuva Drasha, that means the lecture, the sermon that he gave, on the Shabbat before Yom Kippur, which is meant to be serious, his student said, it was hours and hours long, It said it, it, his student said, we laughed so hard throughout that our ribs hurt by the time it was over. And this, was, that, this was his pre-Yom Kippur sermon. Wow. Really? That's surprising to me. That's my it, it was crazy to read it. It was That's crazy, crazy. To, read, to read it. So here, this very first Yom Kippur, I'm just like, you know, and, and, and it was beautiful. And I, in yeshiva, we never got that. I mean, yeshiva, like it was, <laughs> it was, it was serious. It was serious. So it begs the question, like, you know, are we, are, are we, we doing little, you wrong? Are we a little That's too serious? Question. Yeah. We're not, I don't think we're doing it right. I think, Look. I think, I think humor, humor is like music also. It has a way of getting past your guards, right? And, and you see comedians do this all the time. It's, we, we let our guard down a little bit. And that's why 
you can you can you can you can get a message across that you'd never be able to get otherwise. And same thing with song. And Ellie Schwabel mentioned this also: is you can get something across with music that you'd never be able to. So I think you're absolutely right. And I think I think if at minimum, if if a rabbi was a stand-up comedian type person, he's going to fill the fill the pews for sure. But this goes back to what we were saying before. Right, the Gemara says that Rav would open up every single class, Rav, right, with Will the milsa b'dichusa, yeah, yeah, with something, and and every time when I, even when I'm speaking to high school kids, when we're doing a Gemara, I'll show them a, a three minute clip, a movie clip, or something like that, just to make them laugh, and they don't even realize that it's the exact scenario that we're going to be learning about in the Gemara, and they love it, they eat it up, and it's a game changer when they're learning the Gemara. That's okay. amazing. I, I, I've been learning Gemara for a long time, but I'd love to see which clips you use and how you connect it. That well, sounds okay, fascinating so, to me. So, for example, for example, we're learning Kedushin. This week, we're learning Kedushin. And the question is, right? how far mm-hmm. you know, do you have to go to, to not insult your parents when they do something? And, and the Gemara yes. says, you take, take the wallet, the arniki, you take the wallet, and, and he throws it into, throws the, it into ocean, the ocean, and you don't yep. lose your cool. Right. So I took a found found on YouTube a clip from a show that's familiar with the show, but there's a there's a scene where the daughter she's sitting there she's on a beach chair when the family's supposed to be on vacation and she's sitting there and she's talking on the phone and the father walks up there takes the <laughs> phone throws it in the pool. So I, so I asked the class, what is the halacha right over here? How should the daughter respond? Oh, that's great. Literally that's exact- great. That is great. Yeah. I wish I had teachers like that when I was in school. <laughs> I'll be honest. So it's fantastic. We didn't you know, have that. But it really that is. The comedy is a co-op because it means we have the ability to access really like, you know, the, the essence, the panemius of a person. And that's that's what it takes to connect with someone, you know, from, from a Torah perspective as well. I think there's something, for sure, there's something to be said about taking Judaism, I don't want to say too seriously because it's a serious endeavor, Right. It's not like it's not it's not casual. It's a lifestyle. But I think that not everything matters as much as people make it to matter. You know, I, I'm not going to like give examples here, but like you're we're human. You know, we're on a path. We, we'd like to grow as human beings, as individuals and as Jews, you know, but putting pressure to do that is never going to help. I think that there's a a a. a a, a smart way or a you know like I, I think I think of that 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 adage work smarter not harder right and I think there's a way to work smarter towards being a better you to, to towards being a better Jew there's a way to work smarter to that without putting the pressure and the uh, the expectations on it you know if and 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 you do that by owning it and by feeling it and by just going at your pace Wow. See, I said in the beginning, you guys should be inspirational. <laughs> that cannot, can't top that. Can't top that. This was awesome. Thank you. This was a Thank lot of you. fun. I know we got to wrap it up. This is really great. It was wonderful, wonderful chatting with you guys. These are some of my most, I had tons more that I wanted to talk to you about, but this was wonderful, wonderful. This was, uh, this was really, really fun, really special. What a way to enter into the month of Adar. Thank you for all the stuff that you do. Continue 
to put it out. When I heard those first couple of episodes, I'm like, they're not going to make it. No one's interested in this. <laughs> and then I was like, I love this stuff. I can't stop. So I'm happy that you're still doing it. And uh, everything, everything that you put out is just, it's, it's so rich and so creative and so great. So thank you. Um, by the way, I'm, you I'm, do. I'm happy that you're able to see the journey. Because if you go from episode one and you make it all the way to episode, I don't know, 58, 60, whatever it is. You, you get a free sweatshirt. Yes. <laughs> There's a clear evolution. I know? thought I was going to get like recipes early on. I was like, you guys were trying like weird candy in the beginning. <laughs> sure, I, like, sure, I, sure. I had no idea where it was going to go, but I certainly am enjoying the, the process, the evolution of it, the direction. And it's going to be so much more fun for me now that uh, we know each other a, a, a little bit better. For sure. It's great meeting you. Thank you for having us. And we wish you a lot of Hatzlacha with, with everything that you're doing, because whereas we're here to entertain, you're actually do, you're actually making positive changes in the world. <laughs> we hope we are, too. We, we, don't, we don't expect it so much. We have no proof of it. We have no yeah. proof, that's for sure. But you should really have a lot of Hatzlacha, because that, that's, that's where, where it's really important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow Kiddish Club on Twitter at Kiddish Club Cast. You can follow us on Instagram at Kiddish Club Podcast. You can find us on the 24-6 app. And of course, if you'd like to see the videos that we discuss, you can join our WhatsApp group by going to our website. It is KiddishClubPodcast.com. You'll see join our WhatsApp. Just click the link there and you'll be joined to the WhatsApp group where you'll see the videos that we discuss on the podcast and several other special features. Of course, you can shoot us an email. We're at Hawk, H-O-C-K, at KiddishClubPodcast.com and Kiddish Club out. This episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.